1: no idea when dev starts on this oh me neither is it now it can't be now there's no way wait it's coming up okay hold on okay places places the history of film that battle who even the lights go dim from james James Cagney to nosferatu Nosferatu, and stunts that shock you and And dirty dirty tricks to made. From Wings, Wings to, to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones we crazy, crazy fans that, that leave no a real fun Hollywood is film history in Hollywood They chase the Oscar but it's all a sham Just like Shaq and Kazam All your dreams can come true Mystery, history, the history of film All of it
2: made for you Good God, that was terrible Welcome to Film History. The, the history, history of, of Film. film. That's right, folks. It's time. This will be part one of The Man, The Myth. The legend, the king of cool himself, the 60s heartthrob, aviator wearing, plane driving, motorcycle flying, movie star, great Bambino, the sultan of SWAT. Actually, that was Babe Ruth, but we're talking about Steve motherfucking McQueen.
0: I'm going to do this whole podcast with a gun.
1: All right. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa, that is a epic intro, <laughs> and this this better be, live up to that intro. This will
2: be part one of however many episodes it takes to cover this gigantic fucking legend. Probably actually just two parts because he cool. died very early. But and if you clicked on this thinking we were going to be talking about the director. I love that director, but I've got someone today with a way bigger dick than that guy, and you are now locked in, and you're not not allowed to leave. You're about to have to listen to this Steve McQueen episode, so sit down, grab some scotch, kickstart your Harley Davidson in the middle of your living room, and do a fucking backflip while making out with Rock Hell Welch or some shit. If you can tell,
1: I'm excited for this one, guys. <laughs> this man can do backflips too.
2: <laughs> Dude, he could <can> do anything.
1: <laughs> wait, you're wait.
2: about you're about to hear a man who could do anything. There's
1: also a director named Steve McQueen?
2: Yes. Yeah, he did uh, 12 Years a Slave. Ah, yeah, that's the that's the new Steve McQueen. And okay. he's dope too. But today we're going back and we're talking about the OG Steve McQueen. And uh, Steve, he was he was everything I would like to be in life. I, except for let's be honest a man named steve <laughs> i'm just gonna say it with I'm, the last all name you... queen <laughs> <laughs> and look to all you steve listening you, all you steves out there uh it's a great name i just wouldn't want to have it don't get me wrong there's been some there's been some badass steves like stone cold Austin <laughs> was a steve you know <laughs> Uh, Harvey. I mean, Steve Harvey's pretty cool. <laughs> and Steve
1: Harvey? <laughs> Steve, Steve Harvey sucks, dude. <laughs> I'll go on no, record man. saying Steve Harvey sucks. <laughs> no way,
2: man. That mustache. Dude, the man's got his... The man has his, like... Face on the side of a building at Universal Studios.
1: I'd say he's a pretty have badass. You, have you seen the videos of him just berating his audience yeah, about not working in hard enough? Really? I used to
2: do paid audience work out here when I was really low on money, which was actually yeah, a pretty I did good too. little yeah, gig. It's a good yeah, gig. It's not a bad gig. It's cool. You go watch yeah. celebrities, you go watch yeah. talk shows. And uh, I went to one of Steve's. The first time I went to Steve Harvey's show, I got kicked out of line because I wasn't wearing a fucking suit. You have to wear a suit to be in the audience of Steve Harvey. So I came back the next time with a suit, and yeah, he 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 preached to us for like an hour. <laughs> his producer was like, "Steve, please, like we are gonna be here until midnight. Like, can what we please maniac. go back?"
1: So- <laughs> oh my god, this it is a really funny. It was pretty great. Though. It was really funny. Uh, reaction video to one of his like by, by uh, someone on YouTube named Gus. <laughs> Viewers can figure it out from there, but there's a good reaction to Steve for rating his audience. Oh <laughs> man, dude, he's the hardest working man in Hollywood. I, I doubt that. That man has
2: like 12 jobs. I don't God. even know when. I don't know when he sleeps. I think he like goes into a chamber at night for like an hour and just like they put him into some sort of super Steve Harvey sleep. And then he comes back out of the chamber in full suit <laughs> looking ready to go. He,
0: <laughs> Steve Harvey just sleeps in his suit in a coffin at night and then wakes up. <laughs> and he doesn't wake he come, up, he's... he rises up in like yeah, from the coffin.
1: Steve Ferratu dude.
2: <laughs> but yeah, we're going to be talking about old Steve McQueen. I want to credit my sources here today. This is Mark Elliott's biography titled Steve McQueen: A Biography. So he got very uh, creative with the title there, (laughs) but I appreciate it. This man did biographies about everyone. He did Clint Eastwood, Cary Grant, Jimmy Stewart. He did a biography about Walt Disney, but like the dark side of Walt Disney. Yeah. Go check out Mark Elliott. It's really cool. cool. And this was one of the first, I'll admit it, this was one of the first episodes I've done really going off of like, you know, literature rather than just internet content. So I'm pretty proud of this one to be honest. Cool. I wanted to go old school since we're going since we're going with Steve in the sixties. So if I've done my job today You'll be revving your engine of your Harley to the words of this podcast, so like in unison. You know, you know. My uh,
0: my motorcycle <laughs> is currently being tuned up and cleaned right now. But nice. I, I think for part two, I'm going to stick the laptop on the back of the motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle in, balls, people. I'm <laughs> excited to
1: put so many engine post effects. That sounds like we're talking. About
2: Wait, I, where, dude, I wanted Dev and Drake and I wanted to do this whole episode with just a rumble of a Harley underneath it, but I guess we'll we'll keep we'll keep the engine sounds to a minimum of like every five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. For those of you who have somehow strayed so far from God, you don't know who this man is. Steve McQueen was one of the biggest movie stars of the counterculture movement in the 1960s throughout the 1970s. As a matter of fact, he was the highest-paid movie star in the entire world in 1974. Wow. He did a movie, The Towering Inferno. He was paid $12 million in 1974 to do this film. And when you run that through the old inflation calculator, <laughs> that is $65.5 million to uh, today. Holy shit. Yeah, so he got paid like uh, Daniel Daniel Craig type of money. Like, this guy was making, like, so Johnny Depp. How much they Depp. paid Daniel
1: Craig to do those Bond Dude, they films? paid
2: him $70 million to do the last Really? Bond film. Holy yeah.
1: shit, that's too much. Uh, that's
2: as a too matter of fact, I think his salary plus his back end came out to, like, $200 million. Wow. That is just one film he did in a career that spanned over 44 films in the course of almost 30 years. And won a nomination for a Best Acting Award for the Academy Awards. So let's get into it. March 24th, 1930. Wow. At St. Francis Hospital in Beech Grove, Indiana, a miracle from God was coming to William and Julia Ann McQueen.
1: 1930 is just, it's BOC, beginning of CAG. Beginning of CAG, yeah. That's B-O-C. How can we could refer to year zero as BOC.
2: So, so, yeah, Steve was born on March 24th, 1930, BOC. <laughs> <laughs> so, his mom, Julia Ann, was an alcoholic. And her husband William was, I shit you not, a stunt pilot for a barnstorming flying circus an airplane stunt show that had become extremely popular in the 1920s after movies like Wings and Hell's Angels. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So his dad was a stunt pilot for the circus, and his mom was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're switching roles this yeah, time. Right? It's always yeah. the dad that's drunk. Yeah. Why can't mom have a little bit of him now and then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Steve McQueen may never have happened without old Gunboat, y'all. Without without wings and gunboats, there would have there wouldn't have been a William the stunt pilot to meet. Oh, well, they probably knew each other when they were kids. Let's be honest. This
1: I is, I really yeah. love the through line of these episodes. Yeah, they're, they all they're, connect. They're ordered properly yes, so far.
2: <laughs> everything connects. Everything is everything's on track right now. Uh, Also, apparently, there's never been a movie star whose parents didn't throw bottles at their head while being raging drunks, especially (laughs) not in these days. (laughs) Like, was anyone anyone born in the 1930s at all just born to, like, I had two sober accountants for parents, and I became a movie star.
0: So you guys didn't have your parents throw bottles at your head as a kid? Oh yeah, of course yeah, we that's, did. I'm just saying that's why we're that's actors. why we're in LA. Yeah, that's why we're actors. <laughs> I was like, they. I just got really good
2: at dodging. I'm
1: just them. kidding, I, mom and dad. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't bus. want. To, I don't want to slander.
2: <laughs> I'm just kidding. My mom and dad listened to this show. You guys are great. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you were guys great parents. Through zero bottles. My, I'm I mean, very proud of you for that. Not that I saw. Maybe when I turn my back. You know. <laughs>
0: my parents think I'm in a ditch somewhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well mine do too <laughs> so a stunt pilot and a drunk have a baby and name him Steve the doctor said uh, he actually rode out of his mom on a Harley Davidson wearing sunglasses so, <laughs> it's really interesting about him <laughs> six months after he was born uh, William just hopped in his barn sur- storm circus plane and flew away to the liquor store never came back wait really <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. That's not funny, but he did. <laughs> he 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 six months after this baby was born, William's like, I'm out. This'll this will do. That'll do, pig. Um He
1: well, he he walked in on the crib and Steve McQueen was just like smoking a cigarette and he was like, This this baby is pointing a gun cool. at him. I've taught him everything I can and I, I my job is done. I'm gonna go fly off and birth more pointing chain smoking babies.
2: Ah, uh, he's like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> so William leaves, and Julia Ann, Steve's mom, she's like, Well, I don't want this fucking baby. <laughs> like, where are you going? Uh, we got this baby. I don't want it. So she decides she she gets rid of it. So she promptly <laughs> she promptly oh my dropped God. off. I
0: almost spit this drink out when you said that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So she promptly drops off Baby Steve at her parents' farm in Slater, Missouri. So now, little Baby Steve, he's probably about seven months old. He's already moved. And he lived with his grandpa, Victor, and grandma, Lillian, on the farm until he was three years old in 1933, three years A.C. (laughs) When the Great Depression had finally taken its toll on the farm, and they were forced to move to... further down in Slater, Missouri, and live with Lillian's brother Claude on his farm.
1: <laughs> well uh, to be fair, all of Missouri is just farms. Yeah. This so. is and to be fair another...
2: everyone
0: in Missouri is related to one another.
2: <laughs> and they all have farms. Yes. That's very cag like. Yeah. Um, from farm to farm, you know? Yeah. Our Steve our our boy Steve was just born to a bunch of farmers and circus pilots. <laughs> it was also as a kid uh i think it's important to sort of remember this throughout steve's whole career and his life and everything steve when he was a kid had really bad uh dyslexia and he was partially deaf from an ear infection he had as a kid which is i think that's kind of interesting to me he was because i'm always interested to hear when an actor is partially deaf because that's a whole different ball game when you're on set. You right. Know what I mean, if yeah. you can't hear certain things, yeah, that's very interesting. How to, how are you reacting to certain dialogue or cues
1: or maybe that's why it came off so cool because he literally He just can't hear even me. hear you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I said action five minutes ago, and the motherfucker's just doing his own thing and he just, <laughs> had, did not hear it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's amazing. But
2: I think uh, I think Steve was kind of like. All those all those motorcycles. This is like Beethoven with his piano, you know. Mm. Steve is just feeling the vibrations of a motorcycle. You know, I imagine like cool. Beethoven used to put his ear to the piano. I think Steve used to probably put his ear <laughs> to, to the, the motorcycle. <laughs> 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 so, now he's 3. He's living with Uncle Claude on the farm and Uncle Claude was a very important figure to steve um basically uncle claude became steve's dad uh uncle claude really felt for steve that his dad william just took off at six months old and claude took him in you know he raised him up he kind of like he wanted to straighten him out and put him on the farm and put him to work and steve McQueen sort of credits him for raising him basically this was his actual parent um, and also, Claude bought him a red tricycle for one of his birthdays, and Steve said that was his first spark for racing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could just a see tricycle. five-year-old Steve. <laughs> five-year-old
2: Steve's, like, ramping the tricycle over cars and shit. It's like
1: flames. Racing the kids on the other farms. To the top spot He's just shooting his revolver off of his tricycle. His little cork gun.
2: <laughs> One-handing it. <laughs> That's a skill, man. That's a skill. At five, Uh, hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. My dad said he did that as a kid. My dad learned how to ride a uh, motorcycle and shoot a shotgun off of it. That was like a big deal.
1: Whoa. Yeah,
2: that was what they were doing in Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) So when Steve was eight years old, his mom, Julia Ann, had remarried, and she moved to the big city of Indianapolis. And she decided she wanted Steve back. She's married now. She's living in Indianapolis. She wants her kid back. Now she can take care of him. Don't
1: worry. Um, She's still drinking. (laughs) Yep. Oh, cool. She's still
2: drinking. I'm glad she's
1: not a quitter. You know. No, no, yeah. You say a lot of things about her, but she don't quit. She don't quit. (laughs) As
2: a parting gift from the farm, Uncle Claude gave Steve this watch. It was a gold watch, and it was inscribed to Steve, who has been a son to me. And Steve McQueen had that watch his whole life. There's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of times throughout Steve's life that we're gonna talk about where this man was literally like living on the streets, Mm -hmm. and that was his only possession. Wow, this golden watch that's so cool. He never pawned it. He never pawned it. He kept it his whole life. It was like one of his most important things. I don't know where it is these days. I'm gonna look that up. Part two, and when we start wrapping it up and stuff, I'll. I'll, I'll update you on that. We're oh, I have it. Oh yeah, Drake has it. Yeah. It's right here actually. I'm wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make sure I talked about Claude. Like I said, things I think if Steve had stayed and not gone to Indianapolis with his mother and he had stayed with Uncle Claude on the farm, we may we might not have Steve McQueen. He probably would have just grown yeah. up like pretty normally and become whatever, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, he, he was
0: gotten kicked in the head by a cow or something on that farm. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> He probably would have become like his dad, become like a professional stunt pilot, because that's what he loved. He loved motorcycles and airplanes and shit. Mm. I mean, he he would have still loved that, or maybe, who knows? But Steve's, uh, so Steve moves to Indianapolis with his mom, and guess what? The new stepdad, not very nice dude. Ooh. Not a very nice man. Um, turns out these 30s men... These 30s drunk men weren't always great with kids. Who would have
1: thought? Who would have thought?
2: <laughs> it's getting all, all very James Cagney
1: like.
2: <laughs> I can never escape
1: the I think stepped out at as James Cagney. S-
0: at some point, we might need to just have a banner disclaimer saying that the show does not <laughs> condone punching yeah. other people in the face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I
2: agree. Or just have a banner Women saying, or like. Children. <laughs> Notice all 1930s men beat children. Yeah. <laughs> his new stepdad was a very drunk, very violent Indiana man. And when Steve was nine years old, his stepdad beat him to the point where Steve ran away from home. He was wow. Done. Yeah. He literally didn't even grab anything, fucking went watch. out the window. Yeah, except for the watch. <laughs> he had the watch on him. Mm-hmm. Went out the window at nine years old. I'm out of here. And good for him. Yeah. I think that that's for the best. Like, get out of there. I mean, I know, not nowadays, but in the 1930s, it's not like, you know, yeah. there's any resources for you. <laughs> oh, you go. This is <laughs> yeah. Middle of the Great Depression? Yeah, this was like dead middle, basically. But also, 1929 was when it all really started. But by 1933... I'd say it's like when it, I don't know, it, it got into a really great depression. You know what I mean? It was real bad out there. Bread lines and everything.
1: So this what is, is what uh, a- decision for a nine-year-old to make? Be like, I'm going to live I'm, on the I'm streets.
2: <laughs> I'm living. <laughs> <laughs> streets look better to me. And yeah, it would have been a little, I'm sure it was a little like Indianapolis neighborhood. You know, it was like the suburbs, basically. But- yeah, yeah, people he, were getting
0: like fucking married at fifteen back then.
2: So it wasn't yeah, for that sure, he's crazy he's, he's nine, nine. He's all grown 10. up. Time to go into the mines. You're nine years old. It's time to get in the coal mines. You're already late. You're starting late. These kids are going to be way ahead of you.
1: He's already been divorced once. You
2: know, <laughs> he buys a pack of cigarettes a day. Nine year old Steve McQueen. And this is, this is when, this is right around when the badassery begins with Steve. So while living on the streets, Steve organized some other street kids in Indianapolis and they started a 1930s kid gang. What? <laughs> yes. Dude, I think, so kid gangs in the 1930s are, I, I kind of think of them like AAA. Like every city that you go to, There's a kid gang somewhere, you know, just know (laughs) kids were organized, man. And instead of, uh, fixing
0: your tire, they'll steal your hubcap.
2: They'll steal your hubcaps. That's exactly (laughs) what they did. They mainly stole hubcaps. That was like their whole grift. Like, their whole their whole job was the hubcap game. You the know?
1: newsies, but they steal hubcaps? Yes,
2: exactly. They go around stealing hubcaps. You have whole towns with no hubcaps on the cars because of these fucking kids. Kid gangs are the most terrifying thing in the world to me, by the way. I want to put that out there for my audience because this shit... They're kids. What do you do? You can't just punch a bunch of kids if they roll up on you. You just gotta give them your shit, I guess. Clearly. I and mean, apparently you did punch yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the 1930s. They just punched kids in the 30s.
1: But maybe that's why. Maybe everyone's got PTSD from the kid gang. From the, so the kid gang. They, they see man. a child, they're just triggered. They're like, "Oh God,
2: fucking kids! It's just gonna steal my shit." And kids are vicious. Kids, kids, kids are will vicious. kill you. Yeah. Kids are vicious. They will stab you. There's go, no Lord doubt the about flies, it. They'll go the flies real quick. Yes, <laughs> dude. Especially on the streets of Indianapolis during the Great Depression. Steve had like the these kids. What did they eat? What did, they just stole shit and Hubcaps. like stole shit from grocery stores. And they they ate <laughs> They're just, he, they're got, they got a hubcap roasting over a garbage fire. That's <laughs> dinner.
1: What, what do they do with these hubcaps? So, like, I, it's like, I guess, I mean, obviously they sell them, but who are they selling them to? I guess the people Scrap they stole it from? from Scrapyards. Oh, yeah. yeah. Scrapyards during the Great
2: Depression. And, yeah. They did not care where the hubcaps came from. They just wanted them. They just wanted metal. <laughs> They'll
0: melt that shit down and just sell it as lead or what a steel or whatever.
2: I hope these kids did the thing where they all stood on each other's shoulders and put the Giant suit over all of them oh, and the walked around coat, like an yeah. adult, you know, the trench coat with the Had top to hat. And then they'd go into like the dirty movie theater and they would like stab people. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're just all about so,
0: children stabbing people, James. <laughs> they used to
2: stab people in the 30s. I'm telling you, they carried around those little switchblades. Kid gangs are why switchblades are illegal to this day. Wait, really? I mean, they gotta be. The big boy gangs were carrying guns. You know, it was the kid gangs. They started out with those little switchblades. A little 13-year-old would come up and stab you. I mean, are illegal. The
0: adult gangs were carrying yeah. knives, too. Wow. I mean, haven't you seen West Side Story? They just had knives.
2: Those were, I mean, they were still pretty kid gang West Side Story, I've those kids gotta that. be 16 they got to be 16-year-olds, which is even more terrifying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Teenage scare, Teenagers the living s- shit yes. out of me. Yes, this song was about that, the kid gangs. That song is real. <laughs>
2: Teenagers scared the living shit out of me, too, Good Charlotte, or whoever the fuck sang that
1: song.
2: <laughs> 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 it was not Good Charlotte. I don't know who the hell that was. I don't remember. So, old Steve and the gang, they were picked up one night by the cops. And he was returned to his mom, who promptly sent his ass straight back to Missouri. He went back to Claude's farm. (laughs) So, this is all in the span of a year. His ninth year of his life. He moved in with his mom, and then immediately kind of joined a street gang because his dad, his stepdad's beating the hell out of him. Gets arrested, goes back to his mom, back to the farm. So, he was not in Indianapolis for very long. (laughs) <laughs> and he left, his, he left his street gang behind, man. He had to move back to the farm, you know. <laughs> I always wonder what those other kids did. Like, where did they ever go? Like, I wonder if one of those kids was in, like, a Indianapolis movie theater, you know, in the 60s. And he was like, I once stabbed a guy with that movie star when he was 10, you know. Like, <laughs> and up- that
1: kid grew up to become Henry Hill. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My whole life, I wanted to be a gangster. (laughs) So Steve's living with Uncle Claude again on the farm until he's 12 years old when Mom calls again. (laughs) This time, she's in L.A. with her third husband. And this time... I bet this
1: one goes way better. I
2: promise you, he won't beat Steve as bad as the last guy, basically, is what she said. This
1: bitch. (laughs) He's... He's too drunk to beat him that bad. He's
2: too drunk. Steve's 12. He can take a punch. You know, this guy won't beat him as bad as the last guy, I swear. And uh, that turned out to be way not true. So Steve moves <laughs> to Los Angeles, where pretty instantly, the first day, basically, he moves into his, his, his mom's house with this new dude. They get into a fist fight first day. McQueen said. <laughs> This was McQueen's quote about his uh, his you know third father in his life. He said, "I locked horns immediately with that prime son of a bitch. <laughs> prime son of a bitch. I'd never heard that one before. So- locked horns, dude.
1: <laughs>
2: so now Steve's in LA." Goes out his window, and now he starts a kid gang in Los Angeles. <laughs> he starts, like, the second branch of his Indianapolis kid gang in L.A., basically. The Steve McQueeners, or whatever they would call themselves. <laughs> I just imagine they'd all ride around on bicycles with, like, cans in the tires to make it sound like motorcycles, you know? <laughs> did y'all ever do that? Nah. Deb, did you ever do that? Nope, I it didn't ru- do that. I just it had... would ruin your tires. <laughs> but yeah like i said if you're a kid in the 30s and you have to move to a new city there's a kid gang near you you know don't (laughs) worry you can go to your local kid gang they probably got like an office set up somewhere so he's (laughs) he's running around with this kid gang in la stealing hubcaps once again and he is arrested again somehow surviving an encounter with 1930s LAPD which I imagine is an achievement in itself (laughs) that they didn't just riddle you with fucking bullets the moment they saw you (laughs) I imagine 1930s LAPD didn't even pull you over They would just, like, fire into your car, you know, <laughs> type of shit. Doing drive-bys? <laughs> yeah. Just, if you're speeding, they just drive a little faster past you. And... I mean, not
1: that different from modern-day LAPD. That's true. They kind of do the same thing.
2: I got just shot sure. at by LAPD in my car the other day, you know, <laughs> just on my way home. They were basically, like, working with the mafia and shit at this time. Cool. You know, this is, like, when LAPD was. This is like Bugsy was... Siegel days and Yes, shit, right? yeah, this is Bugsy Siegel days LAPD when it's the tradition. vice squad yeah. was running around. Yeah, the vice squad in L.A. that was turned out to be just this, the other mafia, <laughs> you know. These <laughs> are all just words to me. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> we'll get into that one day. So he gets arrested again. Um, Mom sends him right back to the farm. So it's just a revolving door <laughs> of, like, Steve goes back to the farm for acting up. And then his mom wants him back at some point, and he goes back, and her new husband beats the hell out of him. That's basically, his childhood was not fun. It's not, it's not great. It doesn't, you know? sound,
1: doesn't sound it. No. Was and anyone's great back then, though? No, apparently not. Yeah.
2: Apparently not. Not that I've read at so At least got to hang
1: out with some, some friends for a little bit. You know?
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't good either, because, like, uh. apparently these kid gangs, When you went, if you ever went back, They didn't really trust the kids that would leave and come back. So, if you ever have to go back to LA now, now you're just a target for your uh, own gang that you probably started. Yeah. (laughs) Life's fucking rough in the Great Depression. (laughs) Newsflash. So, this time he lives on the farm until he's 14 years old when he runs off to join the circus.
1: Oh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
2: He ran away again. He he pulled one of his uh, no goodbye runaways. (laughs) And this time, though, it, he left Claude, um, and Claude was not happy with this. Claude, for like two weeks, was looking for Steve. He thought Steve must be dead. He was extremely worried about Steve, but it, Steve was okay. He was just off joining the circus. Nice. <laughs> As a 14-year-old boy, like you do So, in the 1930s. Wait,
0: what did he do at <laughs> the circus?
2: He apparently, I couldn't find much. I think he learned trapeze.
1: Whoa. Yes. That,
2: so this is one of Where the craziest. And
0: how did he just. <laughs> Dude. In the 1930s depression, he's just doing parkour off of an unfinished yes. construction building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: This was a, this was a very popular thing. This used to be the old joke. Like, what are you going to run off to the circus? It's because it was a very real thing throughout the 20s, 30s. Big-time actors, uh, a lot of them had their start by joining the circus, by running away as a kid, joining the circus, and then eventually you would like do vaudeville, and then eventually some of them would do films. Uh, Western legend Yul Brynner, he, he started in the circus. That was where he started and then eventually had a huge film career. Burt Lancaster, Tony Curtis... These were all huge movie stars That's so cool. who
1: had been in the circus back in the day. That's so cool. Yeah. I used to hear that all the time growing up, and I was, I always thought, like, where would I find a circus to <laughs> run away to? They're not just around. <laughs>
2: when people said it to me, I used to consider it. I was like, that sounds fun as shit. Right, but
1: where would I find one? <laughs> where would you- They're not you know, just
2: around. So in uh,
0: Tampa here, ju- the Bay Area, just south of Tampa, um, there's a little place called Gibsonton. And it's where old carnival um, workers used to make their homes when during the off season So Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey and all these crazy uh, family, not crazy families, but crazy lineages of like families that have only worked in carnies and and on that circuit for like the past hundred years so you go there and all Holy around the shit. town is like old train cars and old carny exhibits from the 30s and 40s and 50s. What? It's, it's, we gotta pr- go. And, and all the
2: I wanna go right there, now. I wanna go right now.
0: All the people there are just as fucking nuts as you would expect with like three cool. arms and a hair. A, yeah. Know,
1: yeah.
2: Hairy
0: lady and like all of that kind of stuff. That's, that's like
2: Carnies It's like awesome. the island of yeah. misfit yeah.
0: toys. It's
2: pretty dope. Wow.
1: It's crazy. Carney's Carney's kind of lived the dream. Yeah. Well, I, James, I totally agree. Like growing up in the circus sounds fun as shit.
2: It does. It wasn't, but it, <laughs> oh, it, it sounds fun. <laughs> the, the only problem with the circus fun, was a lot wasn't... of them. <laughs> yeah, what? you were you were a minor, uh, in the in the care of circus performers, so it was it wasn't super safe. It wasn't super safe. A lot of people. There were tails, and you know. There's There were tales – I won't mention the company, but there were tales of basically people being thrown off of the train wow. to be murdered wow. by, like, the head of the circus because he didn't want to pay you something. Or There were some crazy mm. things coming for this. But the Are circus you? was not a safe place.
1: Yeah, okay, I can see that. Also, I'm sure it doesn't attract the best people. Exactly. There's probably a lot of abuse going yeah. on there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, living conditions probably aren't great. Yeah. Um, no,
2: you live on a train – yeah. And not like a nice train, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a train that's also carrying a bunch of circus shit, right. lions and Like <laughs> literal shit. circus shit. Yeah, yeah, you're probably sleeping in hay <laughs> with like an elephant, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: on a train. You know what? You you talked me out of it. I'm not going (laughs) to run away to the circus anymore. (laughs) Good.
2: This is the the speech to give your kids in case they want to join the circus (laughs) these days. It's not going to be fun, kid. They're going to beat you. They're going to whip (laughs) you. And they might throw you off the train.
0: And at the bare minimum, you're going to sleep in elephant shit.
2: (laughs) But, it, but, again, I just thought that was very interesting. I think it's an, a whole new layer. Like, we, we were talking about how actors in the CAG days, you would, you would be so multi-talented. You would sing. You would dance. James Cagney sang and tap danced and acted. And there were these people who did circus, like... You know, I didn't know this. Like, Tony Curtis was a trapezist. I mean, that is a whole new level to his resume when you're looking to cast him for a movie. You know, these people can do circus tricks, for God's sakes. That's that's some acting that we don't even that's, think about these yeah. days.
0: That's not really acting. That's like, it's dance not acting. Dance. Well, it's, it's
1: stunt but work.
0: If, you it's know stunt I mean? work. Like, yeah, do your
2: own stunts back then. If, it was if you can do your, your own stunts, it was a big deal because yeah. they could save that money and just fire live ammo yeah. at you. Yeah. I know. Because back I was, then, they didn't, didn't care concerned. about their lead
1: actor getting hurt. You
2: know. <laughs> no, I know. I know, Dev. You, Dev, you were in the circus. I am the circus. <laughs> he got pretty sick of being in the circus pretty quick. Oh yeah, you don't say. You don't say. <laughs> so when the train got close enough, when the circus got close enough to L.A., he just kind of hopped off and went back to mom's house. Mm. And he was met with. Uh, His stepdad. By the way, I didn't even look up his stepdad's name, this guy. Fuck him. Fuck him. I don't even want His name will never be remembered in history, you (laughs) fucking bastard. So, because this... He beat Steve, like, half to fucking death and threw him down a flight of stairs. Holy shit. 14-year-old boy. And this was, like, the last straw. Steve said, touch me again and I'll fucking kill you. And... Pulled out a switchblade knife. I'm not shitting you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and his dad kind of was like, oh, shit. This kid's not fucking around anymore. <laughs> oh, no, you're one of them street oh, no, kids. no, you're street trip. kids now. I love this, though. I love this. Yeah, I wish that he had stabbed that motherfucker. Yeah, right? No, nah, probably not, because then he would have been, like, in prison and yeah. shit. But just a little cut. Just a little cut. Yeah, just a little slice. <laughs> <laughs> so after this, uh, his stepdad persuaded his mother to sign a court order stating that McQueen was incorrigible, remanding him to the California Junior Boys Republic in Chino, California.
1: The so, California Boys Republic sounds like a, uh, a, a traveling strip club. Turns out a reform school during the Great Depression wasn't a great place to be. Uh, also a lot of abuse. Also a lot of abuse. And throwing out trains. <laughs> <laughs> If you're on your way to uh, a boy's boarding school, you might need a podcast to listen to.
0: And I found a podcast the other day, you guys, that tickles those nerve endings on the back of my
2: neck and makes my hair stand up.
1: If you like true crime, dark history, the haunted and paranormal, then we think you'll like Ghost Town.
2: Ghost Town is hosted by me, Rebecca Lieb.
1: And me, Jason Horton. We cover both notorious and obscure true crimes, the haunted, paranormal, and unexplained, and the dark history of everything from world events to pop culture. There are new episodes of Ghost Town every Wednesday and Friday.
2: Find out for yourself what Vulture.com called essential listening and one listener called a total waste of time.
1: So pause the podcast you're listening to right now.
2: And go subscribe to Ghost Town for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And at ghosttownpod.com.
2: Go put on Ghost Town. Ghost Town, you are an inspiration.
0: I worked in the oldest jail in America, and I would dress up in prison stripes and sit in the jail cells, and tour groups would come through, and I would jump out and tell stories as the prisoner who got hung in the gallows.
2: Oh, my God. That's so awesome.
0: It was super dope. And then you'd have downtime between tour groups where I'm the only person at night in a jail cell in a haunted jail. And Amazing. Oh, that's so creepy. Definitely stuff that happened. So it I I love that paranormal. I love the, the mystery of all of it. I've I've literally lived and worked inside of the, you know, inside of that space. Ghost Town is so dope. I my favorite episode is actually number 46. And you two would like that one because it's all about the Hollywood Forever Cemetery.
2: Oh, wow. That's awesome.
0: Paramount Studios. They do a great job, but everyone (laughs) should go to their website, ghosttownpod.com, because there you have links to their merch store. You have links to their book that you can purchase. You can donate directly to them or go to their YouTube channel, which uh, they have a ton of content up as well. So they are everywhere and anywhere.
2: They were written up by Vulture. That's so sick. Yeah, that's they they uh they're an inspiration it gives me goals we're gonna get rid of by vulture (laughs) thank you so much for being our first promo swap that is so fucking cool and i want to take also a second to thank the audience thank you guys for listening we've been keeping up with you know how many people are listening who's listening stuff like that and it's been very exciting it's very cool to know that people are actually out there and they want to hear us talk about film history and and bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. We love you. And please keep listening. And listen to part two and part three of Cagney. I swear you're gonna love it. Damn it. It's <laughs> <This is> our <laughs> lowest viewed episode. Yeah. People listen to part one and then just no part two or part three.
1: I only want to hear about Waterworld. <laughs> 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 We're more than just Waterworld. We're more than just Waterworld. <laughs> and now but back
2: to the show. Back to Steve. So Steve was not very popular around reform school, unfortunately. Uh, his life was so violent. His life was so violent. It's so crazy. I I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine growing up this violently. It does. It really explains a lot about Steve McQueen, in my opinion. But So he said, uh, during reform school, he said... Say the boys had a chance once a month to load into a bus and go into town to see a movie, and they lost out because one guy in the bungalow didn't get his work done right. Well, you can pretty well guess they're going to have something to say about that. I paid my dues with the other fellows quite a few times. I got my lumps, no doubt about it. The other guys in the bungalow had ways of paying you back for interfering with their well-being. (laughs)
1: Oh my God. Yeah, so it was
2: like prison. (laughs) Holy shit, this is so wild, dude. Yeah. It was like if you don't make your bed right we're not going to be able to go anywhere this weekend and we're going to beat the shit out of you. And that happened quite a few times. You will be the entertainment. And I mean, imagine this too. Like, Uncle Claude had given him a little bit of farm discipline. Mm. But other than that, he's living with drunk mom and abusive. Stepdad, no one's taught this kid how to properly make a fucking bed, you know? Or like, this is like a dirty street kid coming into (laughs) a very strict reform school. Oh, my God. And the other kids hate him.
0: It's like... uh... Full metal jacket, and they just have, like, socks with soap in it.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly what it was like. They basically, yeah, they would probably they'd pull him out of his bed at night and beat him and shit. Wait, was it's,
1: he always the problem?
2: I mean, probably not, but like I said, this is, like, this street kid. A lot of them were at reform school, so I'm sure there were a lot of 1930s street kids in there, yeah. you know. But he was definitely one of them. Uh, but he did, he turned that around. He, he pretty quickly got with the program you know he said that he got a lot of discipline from this school and he i mean he what he learned how to make a fucking bed i guess you know but (laughs) uh, but he did eventually become kind of like a leader and it's interesting because one of the things i'm going to tell you about not in part one but part two he was in the marine corps what yeah Steve McQueen was a Marine. When did he find he was... time? I know, I know. Between his <laughs> flying and motorcycle riding, he was in the Marine Corps. Whoa. But this was kind of the beginning of that trajectory for him. Like, he actually really got into this school. Like, he, he got into it. He became a leader. He became part of, probably part of the kids that beat the hell out of the kids that weren't making their beds right, <laughs> let's be honest. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he was he was doling out discipline as well by this point <laughs> so he stayed there until he was 16 16 years old and when you're 16 in the 1930s at this point you're an well, old man you know yeah. you're a grown adult um, when we put 16 in 1930s to the old inflation calculator <laughs> it comes out to like 43
1: so,
2: <laughs> and so it was time to leave school. Uh, hes I think 16 was a cutoff for this reform school, so it's well, time Cagney to go. what told his wife's parents, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, he would, but he returned to this school. After he left, he would return his whole life. And when he became famous, he would go back to the school and teach lessons to the kids that were there then, He'd give money to
1: this school. Um, on, proper, on proper soap beating form? Yeah,
2: on proper. He would go back and be like, back in my day, we really knew how to beat them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he taught them the old school ways. These modern soaps aren't as hard as the ones we had in the 30s. <laughs> Actually, this is the 40s.
1: Put them in the pillowcases. This not only bruises. One pack, <laughs> That's what they would do.
2: That's what they would do. <laughs>
1: So it's 1946,
2: and Steve's 16 years old, full-grown man, and he finds out his mom is now living in Greenwich Village in New York, and beady guy, stepdad, he's dead. Cool. He died of a heart attack, so he's gone. You don't say. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm sure he died of mysterious, mysterious circumstances when her mom had nothing to do with it. And it was a heart attack. So, so Steve, uh, he has there to live with her to Greenwich Village in New York. She, you know, no more stepdads there. I, that's fine. I'll go do that. But then, as soon as he gets there, his mom meets him at the bus stop. She has booze on her breath and tells Steve that she's with a new guy. Oh God! In New York, and he can't even live with them. Basically, he rented. She rented him this tiny little alcove in like a three-bedroom apartment with a bunch of other people. She basically rented him a space to come back to because he's he's a grown man now. He's sixteen years old. He can't live in the house. You know. <laughs> These are different times. And this <laughs> I ain't was I
1: have a no kid living no, here.
2: And this was right after World War Two. So this is like it's just a whole different, yeah. t- these are, mm-hmm. when World War II started, all the 16-year-olds went to go fight in the war, yeah. you know, so things now, at 16 years old is seen as like, you, you can't live in my house anymore. Mm-hmm. Steve lives in this alcove for just a bit and takes back to the streets. Oh my God. Yep. He does not want to, <laughs> li- fuck this little apartment, I'm back in LA, right back into the streets. Wait, so
1: he went back to LA?
2: I'm sorry, New York, Okay, sorry. He's back in the streets in New York. Now he's in New York. I'm not living in this little apartment, I'm just gonna go live on the streets of New York. Um, and he he roamed the streets of New York, they said, he had this like everyday outfit, I guess, where it was this denim jacket, jeans with high cuffs and some high top shoes. One night, Steve ducks into a bar for a beer, like any 16 year old adult does. <laughs> And and there's two guys in the bar from the United States Merchant Marine. And, Dev, I know you know all about this.
0: Yeah, that's not the Marine Corps.
2: No, this is not the Marine Corps yet. No, he joins the Uh, Marine Corps later. This is when he's 16. He joins the Merchant Marine.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah. That, That makes a lot of sense, actually.
1: I have no idea what this is. It's
2: the privatized Navy.
1: Ah, no, so, it's Blackwater.
2: So, yeah, they're contracted yeah, they're, by they're, the government. They're yeah. a private military group. They're, they're Blackwater. Like a union. A no, privatized. They're like
0: a, but they're not military. There's no, no.
2: They don't care about No, 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 no. I know. They did in the Revolutionary War. But no, I was saying... They were privatized. Like, yeah, they're just contracted. They're basically uh, a contracted shipping company for the, the navy. People who you
0: see that are wearing hard hats walking around on shipping containers. Yeah, on, like, uh, on, on big boats and like people who work at Long Beach Harbor on the docks and like unloading and right. loading. Uh,
2: yeah, still a all thing. Motor Marines. Yeah, it started in the Revolutionary War. And uh yeah and back in the the revolutionary war they had guns but after yeah, that they don't the shoot Civil at people
0: war anymore too, yeah, but yeah. once they galvanized and once everything became like gas and diesel engines and steel hulls and stuff they were just they were more in a support transport role like right. supporting the battleship groups and like bringing supplies but they generally, like, they would go in convoys, so they would have, like, actual destroyers and shit that would Convoy. protect them.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, that, but it, it's funny, because these two guys, they're in the bar, they're chatting up Steve and basically telling him about, like, how fucking cool it is to be in the Merchant Marine. You you travel the seas, you're not in the Navy, so you don't have all the Navy restrictions mm-hmm. But you're in this, like, mm-hmm. you're just on a boat with a bunch of cool dudes. And you're just <laughs> going to Hawaii and, you know, laying out in the sun. Kevin Costner's there. Yeah, Kevin there. <laughs> and you go to the, 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 the flotilla <laughs> and Dennis Hopper has his smokers. We got some... Pure
1: Hydro in the back. Got a
2: Pure Hydro. <laughs> so they're telling them all about the Adventures of the Seas. And they say, actually, tomorrow morning, we're getting back on the SS Alpha, was the ship they were on, and we're shipping off to the West Indies. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing, man. You know, and Steve kind of had visions in his head of, like, Errol Flynn as a pirate, you know, or Kevin Costner in Waterworld. <laughs> and all of a sudden... Like, almost out of nowhere, there's a guy at the bar, another merchant marine, and he has documents to sign for Steve right then and there. You can join tonight.
1: (laughs) Your lucky day. Your
2: lucky day. And he says, but I'm 16. And they were like, oh, kid, (laughs) that doesn't matter. (laughs) We'll say you're 18. So they they gave him, like, fake 18-year-old documents to join. The next morning... Not does not say bye to nobody, nothing is on the u.s the SS Alpha headed <laughs> for the West Indies.
1: <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it could be fun. It it, it wasn't. I was gonna oh. join the Merchant Marines.
0: <laughs> that, I, I, yeah. I was gonna go <clears throat> their academy they have two academies, one's in on the west coast and the other's in Maine. I was gonna join and go.
2: That's become awesome. A, become
0: a merchant marine and be a sailor. Well, it's pretty dope that you just like you, room and board's paid for. You can do other shit while you're on the boat. You got internet, and you're just like whatever your job is. You're just like going to work. You know, it's kind of
2: it's. That's it's cool. Not. Well, what's the age cutoff? I'm sure. I mean, uh, I'm sure. You-
0: I for the academy, it's like your 20s. But uh. I looked. By the time I looked, I was too old. And I was like, I, I had like one year left, and I was like, I don't want to fucking cram this and do all this. Yeah,
2: because I figured year. the merchant marine, I, I I just figured it'd be one of those things where like you could do it, you know. Whatever. I figured I, the yeah. age would, yeah.
0: So well, you could, but you have to like go through. Like if we went in your th- or late twenties, early thirties, you just have to do like an apprenticeship. And right. You just have to like work on a fucking dock and do a shit job for like five years first.
2: Oh, I see. Before yeah. before
0: you get because everyone else is like. It's a union thing. So it's got to like be like seniority. So like th- they want people to enter into the workforce young and stay in, do that as a career. You know, that's
1: right. Of yeah. Uh, there has been a pattern so far of, and he joins a circus. Oh, that sounds like it could be fun. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, Just so like he got sent to a boarding school. Well, that sounds like it could be fun. Yeah, it, it wasn't. wasn't. <laughs> he got sent out to sea. That sounds like it could be fun. It wasn't. <laughs> it was probably
0: not. What year was this? What this year was 1946. So this was so- probably... Not fun because of the technology, but Ex- yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the year or right after the fucking World War II ended.
2: Exactly. Yeah, he basically so- he said it was just it was being in the Navy. It was swabbing decks, yeah. cleaning toilets, <laughs> garbage duty, mm-hmm. and he was the lowest on the totem pole and he's sixteen years old, so they basically gave him every shit job on the boat mm-hmm. was Steve's. You know, and mm-hmm. it turned out those two recruiters at the bar were paid to do exactly what they were doing. They would go Go to bars Mm. and look for the youngest people possible, youngest Mm. men at Mm -hmm. the time possible in the bar. And they would recruit them into the Merchant Marine. That was Ah. their, they were paid, those were three paid recruiters that got him. But they would approach you and they still kind of do this to this day. A lot of recruiters will still give this like, they're not going to tell you they're a recruiter. Mm. They're just a soldier and it's so Mm -hmm. much fun and you see the world, you know, Mm. I mean, even when I was 16, 17 years old, I would be at the mall, and oh, recruiters yeah. would come up to me and be like, "Hey, man, you want to be a badass Marine? Like, yeah. it's so fucking awesome, you know?" Yeah. And yeah, so that's still very alive, uh, very much alive today. Mm-hmm. But he basically fell into that. He was at a bar. He's sixteen. He's a, He's been. His life has not been great. And these guys got him, you yeah, know. Yeah. Well, and, I
1: mean, you know, like I, I don't think you could be faulted for thinking that it sounded better than the situation you're in right now. Absolutely
2: not, especially at that age. I mean, it must. Uh, you've been from farm to farm to reform school. I mean, being on the ocean sounds pretty good, you know. But he just the ship that he was on also was just so like old piece of shit boat. Uh, Dude, the SS yeah,
0: Alpha. I remember they didn't have, they just invented radar. Right. Right. You have, they can't fucking see a hurricane coming.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh Oh my my God.
1: God. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to (laughs) get real water world real fast.
0: (laughs) Let's say they're like going to Hawaii. Right. And they get a report like, Oh, there's a hurricane off of South America. There's no like buoy stations. There's no satellites. There's no. They don't know which direction it's fucking headed. Yeah. So you're just kind of like, hey, I gotta just figure it out, and it's way more dangerous. Yeah, no, nineteen fifties, sixties, like sixties, we kind of got our shit together. But no, it's funny you say that. that. It's still Wild West.
2: It's funny you say that, Dev, because literally what happened is they were headed to the West (laughs) Indies. They were headed to the West Indies, but when they got to, of course they were. Well, yeah, I know, right? And when they got around the Dominican Republic, the fucking ship caught on fire. Sending like all the men to like one side of the ship. The whole thing is burning. Apparently, it was like smoke for miles from this ship just floating through the ocean on fire. Holy shit. They finally got the fire put out, but it was basically like almost inoperable. They could only operate it enough to get it to land at the Dominican Republic and dock this thing. Oh my God. And so basically, the ship is like totally fucked up. And one night, while they're docked there, Steve just jumps overboard and runs into the wilderness.
0: oh, <laughs> <Like, I'm> God. <gone. laughs> probably, probably super drunk. Yeah. It says he it's slips like, in,
2: He slips into the tropical night of the Dominican Republic. <laughs> that's amazing. He said, I'd rather. I did not expect that. Awesome. <laughs> he said, I would rather be a beachcomber for the rest of my life and live free than go back on that ship is how he put it. <laughs> holy shit so basically Bro, his plan no now see you're in the yeah. fucking caribbean in the yeah. heat like dude i know and it's it's 1946 and you are now in a completely different country different language different everything oh my god indiana kid slash missouri kid who has no idea you know i this Bro, was a there
0: are still u-boats in yeah the yeah yeah at yeah. this time
2: Yes, and this is where he decided <laughs> that I'd rather be here than... And, you know, I mean, look, it was going to be a long-ass trip. He'd have to get to the West Indies and all the way back to America, so that was probably looking like a pretty bad time for him. <laughs> so I'd rather just So he here. just
1: runs into the jungle?
2: Yes, he ran into the jungle. Oh, my God. Yeah. How does he live through this? He goes down the beach. He gets away from where they can see him, basically. Goes down the beach and happens upon the most popular bordello brothel in in the Dominican Republic on the beach <laughs> so
1: oh my god he's
2: like this like orphan white boy who shows up here and they all kind of feel bad for him he can hardly even speak to anyone so they give him a job as a towel boy at this brothel in the Dominican Republic uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. He went from he went from I want to stay the deck. on the ship <laughs> You remember the Will Rogers episode where they go to Argentina? This is like the same kind of deal. he, he basically went from like... Swabbing decks and cleaning shit out of toilets to being a towel boy on the beach in the Dominican Republic. Oh my
0: god! <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I thought you said towel boy. I thought you meant like you know the cleanup after the sex in the brothel. Oh, that might—he yeah. probably
2: did that too. Yeah. As a matter of fact, <laughs> yeah. they said that not only did he like fuck every single person there, but they. So he probably did do a lot of cleanup himself. I imagine. <laughs> But also, they said uh, there's a bunch of. They say that he made some porn while he was at this place. But it's But we can never see it because it's literally a 16 year old fucking boy. So, right. Like, thank God it's not out there. Yeah. But they say like he was he was going wild. Okay. He was going wild so in the like, Dominican Republic. It sounds
1: like it might be the first time he had any fun. <laughs> so you know, I mean, he
0: like escapes this hell, manages to swim to shore, and. Stumbles upon a paradise of beautiful women
2: and <laughs> He's, He's just, like, he wakes back I'm up this, in his bunk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm being rewarded for the decisions I'm making. I'm gonna
2: keep going down this path. Oh man! He wakes back up in his bunk. It was all a dream. He's like, ah!
1: <laughs> he wakes up in Damn his it. crib. His dad's <laughs> left <laughs> yet?
2: Damn it! Oh man! So he was there for a few months. He stayed there for a few months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was, sounds right. He kind of chilled. He was yeah. like, I'm good. And plus, I think he also wanted to wait until the U- the SS Alpha left. Right, I think yeah. he did not want – he. I think he stayed there kind of hiding out. They were probably looking for him, I'm mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure they were like out there in the towns and stuff looking for this kid who jumped off- overboard, not only because they needed him back to work, but also – I don't know. They probably didn't care, but they were like, they did lose a teenager. Right. You yeah, know? Yeah, That's yeah. not great. Yeah. No, they're they they're going to be like, ask uh-huh. some questions. Yeah, they're going to have some questions for where the teenager went, you know. <laughs> and those two guys back at the bar are like, uh, <laughs> we didn't do it. Uh, shit, we told that. him not to. Yeah. They're <laughs> like, you have a bad
1: time, kid. you can have said, a bad time. He insisted. <laughs> um, But, uh, I mean, that... So the brothel, I guess, did a good job of hiding him because I don't imagine it'd be difficult to find a white teenager for sure. in the Dominican Blonde Republic haired, at this time. Blue-eyed yeah. white kid. That yeah. was, and
2: that's one of the reasons why everybody loved him there. They said mm-hmm. that was one of the reasons he was just like was a novelty. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he but was.
1: like I mean, but like they, I mean, because I'm sure a lot of the people from that boat were frequenting that brothel. Absolutely. Yeah. A, yeah he, so had, like, he
2: probably ducked out a few yeah. times into like a closet or something. Yeah. 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 For sure. And he did. He made some friends like with the locals. He he really got in. He was living there. He was okay. he was part of this town. Did
1: you pick up the language pretty quickly? I don't or? know.
2: I didn't. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. Maybe. Probably enough to get by. Yeah. You know. But he wasn't even there very long. After a few months, he kind of decided. You don't need
0: language with those looks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Blonde-haired, blue-eyed, tan Steve I mean, McQueen. He, it,
0: it's like Zoolander. It's like he can just like give you a snap and a stare and just you know, <laughs> melt your heart. You're like, oh, okay. Okay, we'll hide you.
2: But uh, <laughs> And they, uh, they helped him get back. Wow. After a few months, he said it was time to go back to the U.S. He had saved up some money from the job, and he actually, yeah, they helped him. They, like, helped him facilitate getting a ticket on a ship back to the U.S., and super cool, yeah. So he caught a ship back. I'm sure he had a lot more fun on this ship. Just it was probably not a great ship, but at least he's not like cleaning the shit out of the toilets. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? he's,
1: a, he's, a, he's a guest. He's just chilling. Yeah, yeah he's probably, probably like, had, like a bed.
2: Yeah, he probably know. had a bed, <laughs> which he doesn't usually have even while he's on land. You know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he caught a ship back, and he wound up in Port Arthur, Texas.
1: How long does that? How long did that type of boat ride last back in that day back I mean, in those days?
0: The Dominican to Texas is probably like a week. Maybe like yeah. five days.
2: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: It's
0: not that it's not that I mean, they're not going as fast as like cruise ships are, but they're still pulling you know, generally they're rough around the same. And it all depends on weather, you know, if it's in wind, right. you know, it can be four days, it could be seven. Mm-hmm.
2: Or okay. Ten. I see.
0: Yeah. If you're going into the wind for three days, you're gonna go slower.
2: Yeah,
1: you know? that's a long time on a nineteen forties ship. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I imagine it was pretty bumpy. And you know, these were these were ships that were just meant to get shit from one place to the other. They were yeah. they were not built for comfort. There's there's no theater on this boat. Like this thought, there's there's no man, It's not cruise. What if wow, his old circus friends were there put on a show? He'd <laughs> bring a book, exactly. Steve that's, didn't
0: you know what humans did back then. <laughs> they had music, <laughs> they had like record
2: players
1: and shit. I don't think Steve could really read all that well That's i was not say, and all the books oh. you'd be able to bring are probably not a language he speaks <laughs> well, like coming from the dr at the bookstore is like <laughs> you i go to re- the embassy pick up some books i can't read know. these i
2: can't read this.
0: when did playboy start <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, uh, the 50s Almost there. He's yeah. almost there. So when he gets to Texas, things again get very cag very quick because this man <laughs> picked up like 100 jobs. Okay. It, it was another one of those times as well where you just, uh, apparently you would just work four jobs a day, you know. Um, as soon as he got to Texas, he picked up a job on an oil rig. Oh, God. Yeah. So he goes, <laughs> He becomes and he starts working on an oil so rig
1: going around town, asking for the worst possible job. Yeah, you Yeah.
2: Yeah. Basically I had, I was in the merchant Marine. I'm looking for something <laughs> not as, as bad, bad or it worse. Bad you it, have it. it pays,
0: it pays a hell of a lot better.
2: Yeah, it definitely mm-hmm. does. It um, probably pays
0: fucking more than any, jo- except for acting. That's probably his highest paying job.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he didn't stay on the rig for long. He, he quit that almost immediately. Uh, oh, he, well then he, yeah, <laughs> <never mind.
0: laughs>
2: he started traveling around with a carnival for a while. Um, now he's getting back into his, you know, his kind of circus roots here. He gets with a carnival. He
1: <laughs> was like, it was so fun last time. Yeah.
2: This time he's like a salesman. He has, there are these little gold pins and you would sell it as like a pin set and he would sell them. Uh, he would buy them for 23 cents and he'd sell them for a dollar each. so to him he was like making bank he literally said it was like he made a lot of money which I seriously doubt that but to him he did he made a lot of money and when the carnival reaches Ottawa Canada he kind of is like okay I'm done with this too I quit now I live in Ottawa runs (laughs) off from the carnival into the woods probably of Ottawa (laughs) and he runs into the woods and
1: he finds our brothel? No Uh he
2: becomes a fucking lumberjack Oh, he runs okay. into like a lumberjack company cutting down trees and he becomes a lumberjack in Canada. So we've gone from
0: Is Steve McQueen Wolverine? <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is
2: happening? <laughs> they probably based his life story on this. He went from let's let's go back. A street kid probably made money on hubcaps to the merchant marine to a brothel worker in the Dominican to an oil rig worker in texas to a carnival worker oh and the circus when he was a kid sorry i forgot about that a carnival worker selling pins all the way to canada and now he's in canada and he becomes a lumberjack in canada (laughs) i think i got all those down excellent excellent (laughs) it's like you
0: know what he wasn't though what ghost tour guide (laughs) he was not a ghost
2: tour shout out to ghost town (laughs) <laughs> so yeah he and more specifically he was a hijacker so he climbed tall trees and would saw the upper branches again one of those jobs that they're just going to
1: give the new guy a uh, hijacker was also his job at the brothel <laughs> oh. and in the Merchant Marines
2: and- <laughs> <laughs> that's why he hated it so much <laughs> they're like guess what kid you're not going to love this job <laughs> So yeah, he's a lumberjack for a bit in Canada, and then he uh, he quits that job, and he heads down back down south. By the way, just traveling all over the countries, he just heads back down south into America, and he ha- he kind of hitchhikes and buses his way all the way to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Wow, where again his plan Blue was kind of yeah yeah South Carolina. And again, his plan was just kind of to, like, be a beach
1: dude. Like, so how long is he working each of these jobs? A couple months? It's couple gotta of weeks? be a couple months each. Okay.
2: Yeah. I I was look. I got to admit, I was here once in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. I had jobs for like three months, and I'd yeah. be like, nah. And yeah, then go find the next one. You know. Yeah, I I
1: I got tired of every job I've ever yeah. had within like the first two months of it. So, yeah.
2: and he's a teenager. Yeah, you know, he's like, fuck this. Like, as soon as yeah. it gets, as soon as it gets uncomfortable enough.
1: I'm yeah, 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 go. yeah, yeah. His yeah.
0: his baseline was stealing hubcaps.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. he's
0: like, is this better or worse right. than stealing hubcaps? <laughs> I would rather be
1: back with my friends yeah. stealing hubcaps and like.
2: You know drinking bottles of whiskey every day or some yeah shit. and yeah.
1: honestly like i i mean i would be doing this right now hopping from a new job to a new job every month if it wasn't so much more difficult nowadays yeah now they want like their resume like for sure you're only that last well, job for you, two months why is that you could not get a lumberjack <laughs> job right
2: now just by going there and <laughs> applying for and not yeah. even applying they would literally yeah. just throw you on the crew and like yeah. pay you cash you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. Na- nowadays it's like how many years have you had training with a chainsaw i and, think was real out of the table back then. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Right right into the show if you're a lumberjack out there, how do you get Yeah, that how job?
1: easy is it to get start start jacking lumber?
2: How easy is it to start jacking? Let us know. You know,
0: <laughs> all of our all three of our phones now are gonna start showing us ads for
1: lumberjack
2: and cat steel <laughs> steel <laughs> chainsaw ads just all day.
1: <laughs> a lumberjack in California? I've never seen yeah. such a
2: thing. Yeah, no, have you no.
1: ever dreamed of freedom?
2: We don't have lumberjacks out here. We just have fire. It does it for <laughs> us. We don't need to cut down trees. There no.
0: absolutely is. There's actually oh, no. a big one uh, right outside of L.A. It It's like just right. north of Bakersfield. Yeah. Bakersfield might still
1: be a different country, Dev. I'm yeah. talking about Los Angeles. Yeah. Can big- I get a job... <laughs> like lumberjacking these palm trees <laughs> in beverly hills will, yeah it, somebody does it, it.
0: you could be a lumberjack but you're gonna be jacking quite a different thing than a tree
2: <laughs> so steve heads to myrtle beach south carolina and this is where steve found his first love he fell in love with a Copain. girl. Oh. With, <laughs> no, he had already well been in love with that. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if Steve ever did coke or not. But, oh, well, maybe. Anyway, so Steve <laughs> has... <laughs> we'll get into it. Where, yeah, this is where Steve fell in love for the first time with a girl named Sue Ann. It's, it's Sue Ann from what South Carolina. <laughs> and he, she was kind of from like a well-to-do South Carolina family. If... uh. If anybody watches out there The Outer Banks This kind of has Outer Banks vibes You know The poor kid And the rich South Carolina kid You know Anyway. Does Outer
1: Banks takes place in South Carolina? Yeah man Oh god That's so cool I want to see that show even less now <laughs> I, I went to high school in South Carolina I didn't have a great time at it
2: <laughs> The Outer Banks you ever go there?
1: No, I didn't. I didn't know that was a place. Oh yeah, yeah. I hope it's South Carolina. I'm not wrong, okay. but I'm pretty positive it is. I was, I was, I was interested in Outer Banks, and I thought it was like the O.C. I thought it was like a California show. No, no, no. I thought, Oh, cool. We're gonna see no, cool man. California kids. It's more like swamp and shit.
2: On, swamp kids on the beach.
1: Oh, really? I thought it was a bunch of surfer kids. No,
2: it's just it's the reason I love stuff like that is because it's my dream. As a kid, we, I was a boat kid. Like we were always mm. on a boat going somewhere. So ah. just kind of, and you know, much like. Dev over there. Dev's always on a I'm boat. Dev's on a boat no right now. What the
1: Outer Banks is about. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: It's about a, a treasure and murder. Really? And what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought this was OC. No, it, there's like a class war. It's all about like rich people, poor people. What? You're selling me on ancient the Ancient treasure, banks. love. What? So, yeah, he falls in with Sue and This was around his 17th birthday. He basically spent his 17th birthday living with sue ann and her family
1: holy shit this man has lived much more of a life than me at 17 17 i mean it's so
2: crazy like these were those times no wonder people died so early you know they had already lived (laughs) they didn't
0: die they just got tired
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's like your body has a certain amount of exhaustion that you can do throughout your life and you have reached it (laughs) He And he actually, he was really in love with Sue Ann. He vowed to stay with Sue Ann forever. This was going to be his wife. He was going to settle down. This is it. I'm in Myrtle Beach, you know, and this is my life now. I just live with Sue Ann at at 17. And that that was looking like it was going to be it for old Steve McQueen. That would have just been it. He would have just gotten married at 17 in Myrtle Beach and settled down there and been Steve McQueen in Myrtle Beach. But... He didn't. He ran away and
0: joined the circus. He uh,
2: Basically, (laughs) he joined a circus of sorts because at 17 years old, with the permission of his mom, he joined the United States Marine Corps. Mm,
1: Wait, why would he leave Sue like that? I
2: don't know. I don't know. The the book, the biography, was like one page. He loved Sue Ann. He was going to marry her. But he didn't. He joined the Marines. Whoa.
1: <laughs> just, See, I thought you were going to say she died or something. No.
2: Got, no. He, he just. one of those outer Well, he didn't love her that much. <laughs> he got, she got shot <laughs> by a treasure hunter. <laughs> yeah, clearly not, Dad. Wow. I know. Mm. Yeah, no word on why, but he bounced, and huh. um, he he called he his mom. He never talked
1: about this. He never divulged.
2: Maybe, maybe. Hmm. In part two, I'll get back to you if I okay. find out more. This is just like the uh, James Cagney's right, wife, situation. The wife situation. Yeah, yeah where you got to do some really deep, digging. always
1: some serious stuff going on. You with know, the, if with if, the if, the there, wives. if there's
2: something that you don't know, it's probably because it was bad. <laughs> That's what I'll say. <laughs> 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 So, he joins the United States Marine Corps and becomes Private First Class Steve McQueen. And that is actually where I'm going to leave off part one. Okay. Because in part two, the Marine Corps kind of very quickly leads to his acting career. Wow. Actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so cool. I kind of want to make gonna... his marine service part of
1: Okay. Cool. Part two. Are you going to talk about like where they shipped him off to and stuff? Yeah, it okay, gets interesting. Cool. They shipped him
2: off to Paris Island and pretty much instantly he did his good old-fashioned AWOL thing. Where
1: is Paris Island?
2: In South Carolina. What? Yeah. Oh. Beaufort County. South Carolina.
1: Oh, so they didn't ship him off
2: anywhere. They didn't ship him off far. He went right
1: down the street.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, no, he joined the Marines. And, yeah, and he he basically uh, kind of went AWOL pretty fast. So Wow, okay. <laughs> he, I think Steve, I think sometimes had it in his head that I can get somewhere. I can travel somewhere for free mm-hmm. by joining this thing. I can join the circus and get back mm-hmm. to L.A. I can join the Merchant Marine and get anywhere but the fuck here and get off as soon as I get there. He never said that, and that is not what he claims, but I think that was in the back of his head. That makes sense. He was running.
1: He was running. He also seems like the kind of guy who just, like, that sounds fun, and then doesn't think about it too hard, exactly. and then he's like, "Oh, this isn't fun. Oh, I'm gonna stop this." I'm so guilty. I know exactly <laughs> yeah. what that is. Oh, same. Yeah, yeah. I, I get like fancies of like, absolutely. Being like, It'd be cool to have this job, and then like a weekend, I'm like, "I, you know I, made, I miscalculated." It's an
2: age-old tale. <laughs> Mark Twain said it best that he loved being a captain of a riverboat until he started doing it for money, mm. and then it became all about money. And he said. It was no longer a beautiful sunset on the river. It was losing money. I'm losing time. Mm-hmm. I'm behind day. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know if that fits in this I don't at know all. if it does
1: either, but I get it. You know, like, I get it. I mean, I kind of, like, I I wake up every day <laughs> trying to want to do a different thing. Damn. Damn, it's like, what the... You just- <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious.
0: You're trying to fucking quote Mark Twain. <laughs> <in the
2: show. laughs> I was quote, you know what I was doing? I was quoting Val Kilmer as Mark Twain. Oh, okay. Right. From oh, his stage, okay. show, from right. his stage you show, you know, uh, now I get it. I wish I could see that stage <laughs> show, but that's where I'm going to leave you on part one. In part two, I am going to tell you about his insane time in the Marine Corps and how this all leads to him becoming the biggest movie star on the fucking planet. Cue the entourage music. Yeah, yeah. This man will become in part 2. I'm just going to tease it for you. A professional race car driver, a stunt motorcycle rider, a stunt in movies without even lines motorcycle rider while being the biggest movie star in the world, a pilot, a stunt pilot a black belt in karate, and the pawbearer, one of the pawbears at Bruce Lee's funeral. (laughs) Wow. I'm going to tell you about the ultimate 1960s renaissance man and one of the craziest film careers that you will ever hear. Wow. In part two of film history.
1: The The History history of film. Oh, wait. No, we can't stop you. Okay. We have to plug our pluggables.
2: Oh, let's plug our pluggables. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. let's plug
1: them. If you want to know who we are outside of this show, if you're interested to learn more about us, you can find me on Instagram, at Drake Cummings, on Twitter, at Drake underscore Cummings, on TikTok, at Hollywood Drake. I'm posting every day. And I just launched a, uh, merchandise line, uh, for a new clothing brand I'm starting called Raging 20s. You can find that at Raging20smerch.com.
0: Dev? And, uh, Sailor underscore Dev on Insta. Uh, go check out my fish app and Abracadabra Films. And we got a bunch of fun stuff coming down the pipeline.
2: Awesome. And please check out all the Film History socials as well. Uh, film History, the history of film on Instagram. FHHF podcast on Twitter. I think that's right. Just look at Film History on all the socials and it'll be there. But you can find me being a towel boy at a brothel in the Dominican <laughs> Republic running away from the Merchant Marine. <laughs> and at James
1: White Scott. And that is... <laughs> Film history. The The history 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 of film. film.
2: (laughs) You know what I'm talking about.